What up, fam? Welcome back to the show. A little Gary V reference there for anybody. Um, this week we sat down with Robert Egizio from Stage Door Players. Since day one, everybody's been telling us we had to have this guy on the show, and uh, yeah, you were right. We really enjoyed the interview, really enjoyed speaking with him. In fact, it ran about an hour long, so here we go. We're going to hear part one today, and make sure you subscribe so you can hear part two next week. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. And we're back at What's Up, Dunwoody. Uh, this is Matt, the realtor, and Justin, the pool guy. I'm going to keep calling you the pool guy. That's fine. Okay. Pooldues.com, though, would be nice to mention if you're going to call me a pool guy. <laughs> yes. So we're here with Robert Egizio. Close Did I say enough. that right? Yeah. Close enough? Okay. You say it. Robert Egizio. Egizio. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's good, because I was going to call him John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just call you pool guy. Yeah, there yeah. you go. We're in good shape. No, Makes me sound that. like I, I skim pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're here at the Stage Door Players. Mm-hmm. We've, yeah. we've been told by many people that we needed to come here and talk to you. So I think that's a smart move. Yeah? All right. Well, tell us why we should be here talking to you. Because this is the hottest ticket in town. Ooh. That's a good sale. There you go. Um, well, yeah, actually, there's a lot of uh, theater-going and arts-loving people in the Dunwoody area and the surrounding areas um, that have uh, come to realize that Stage Door gives them not only great entertainment at a great value, but it's convenient. They're not driving downtown and paying for parking and restaurants. They have it all right here in their own backyard. Uh, took us three minutes to get here. Yeah, see. yeah. And I'll shamefully admit, I've never been in here before, and it's a gorgeous space. It's a real mm-hmm. you know, playhouse. This yeah. is amazing. It's a nice intimate space, too. It's uh, you know, Some of the bigger houses, you tend to some, sometimes be uh, sort of disconnected from the, uh, the, the stage players and that kind of thing. So it's nice that you're kind of right on top of them and they're right on top of you. So it's a, it's a very intimate space. Folks really like that they're this close yeah, to the performers and to the stage. This is this is a cool setup too yeah. for us as yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Um, we're sitting here, you guys can't see us, but we're sitting here in the front row looking at the stage and mm-hmm. Robert's here in front of the stage. And there's a good six it's feet between the, the, the front row and the stage itself. Because I have been to places where it's like, there's three feet and you feel really uncomfortable with that. <laughs> you know, People yelling like, at you. Yeah. Know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, the, the theater seat's 125, so it's a... Uh, only four rows deep, and it's very intimate, and there's not a bad seat in the house. That's nice. Oh, yeah, there's definitely not a bad seat here. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about the history of this place. You, well, what, you've been here, like, what, six, I'm, seven I'm now here 15 years. 15 this is my, years. This is my wow. 15th season coming up for 2018-19. Uh, um, the theater company actually started back in 1974. Um, it was a community improvement project uh, under the Dunwoody Women's Club. They started Same building? Uh, actually, no, this, this is the third, I think the third or the fourth location they've actually been in. This has been the most permanent space they've had. Okay. Um, and that happened uh, late 80s, like 1988, 89 time frame. They moved into this space here. Okay, and uh, we're on the other side of the library. Correct. It's, it's Same the, building. It's the North DeKalb Cultural Center is what it's uh, been called for many, many years. I think they're finally turning it into the Dun- Dunwoody Fine Arts or Dunwoody Cultural Center and that kind of thing as the city has been sort of rebranding what they've taken over since the city has become a city. Um, but yeah, this used to be the old uh, Dunwoody Elementary School. And then it was reformatted for the Spruill Center uh, for their art classes in the center of the building, the library at the far end, which was, I believe, the existing library. And the space we're in is the old cafeteria. So, I mean, if you go backstage, you see the old coolers from the kitchen that are still back there that we keep our storage and stuff in. So. Yeah. So you got art, artsy people all over the building. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So. And, and did the Handweavers Guild they're start up, over here? They're upstairs. They're oh, in the they're same building. Here. Yeah, okay. they're in the upstairs part of the uh, same cultural center. They're still kicking around, those Handweavers. As huh? far as I know, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, the, the uh, company, the theater company itself started back in 74. The Women's Club started it. 
Uh, it was primarily a volunteer organization, a community-based theater organization. They first started performing at the second floor of a bank building here in the city, which uh, I don't believe that long, no longer exists. Uh, and then they were down at the uh, Dunwoody campus of Georgia Perimeter College, right down the street here okay. on, on uh, Walmart Street. My house. Yeah. So they were in that building for a while until this became a reality. And I think there was one other stop in between there someplace, but I can't for the life of you tell me where it was. So. Um, but I first got hired here as a freelance director uh, back in 2003, came back in 2004 and did another show for them. And due to the success of that show and my sort of telling people how I thought things should be run around here, <laughs> uh, they gave me the job. And I've been here ever since. I read somewhere how you ended up here. I'd like to hear that story. I don't know. You tell me. It was a dartboard. Oh, you did. Yeah. Who told you that story? I that's did awesome. my research. That's awesome. Sometimes. That's my moving to Atlanta story. I used to live in South Florida. I, uh, I worked for a theater company down there for a good many years. I was the choreographer in residence for a theater in Vero Beach. And uh, my family is all still down there for the most part. Is there a bigger scene down there? Or? There is now. There wasn't when I was. Okay. That's one of the reasons I also considered the move. Um, but I had lost a, a very dear friend and was just tired of being in the West Palm Beach area. And I thought, okay, it's time for a move. I put a map of the United States up on the wall in my apartment. And I circled Seattle, Chicago, and Atlanta. Turned around a couple times, blindfolded myself, and threw a dart and landed on Atlanta. Hit Detroit and you didn't want to go there. Wait, that's <laughs> I was about to say, there's nowhere in between did it hit. It actually hit. Yeah, I mean, it literally was amazing how it hit the state of Georgia. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. And I literally put myself in storage the following Monday, packed up my pickup truck, and drove up here the following Friday. Very cool. I arrived here right before the Olympics started. So, oh, yeah, so good time to good come. Time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to any of those games? Uh, actually, it was supposed to be part of the opening ceremonies, but instead I went to Puerto Vallarta for the weekend. Oh. <laughs> I had the opportunity, made the choice, I thought, mm, Mexican vacation out in the heat with a flag in my head. Choices are hard sometimes. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah, then I mean, I uh, tooled around town for pretty much every theater in this town um, for the longest time until I uh, took over this joint. So how do you find the, uh, the actors and actresses that are gonna be in the plays? We actually put out casting calls for every show. Um, having been in this town for a very long time, I know a lot of people. Um, but we post them on different uh, audition boards and Facebook and things like that. Um, but we cast, well, like for instance, for this past show, the show we're doing right now, we probably saw a good 50 or 60 people and then cast it down to the cast of nine that we've got. So, And it's not a volunteer role? Or? No, no, there are, these are all paid professional actors and actresses now. I had no oh, really? idea. Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. When I took over the theater, it still was uh, sort of a non-professional organization. Actors and designers and directors that came here were paid a stipend of some sort. Um, in two to three years after I took over, we turned it over to a professional theater where actors are now being paid. No actor in this town is making a living wage, don't get me wrong, yeah. but uh, they're still making a weekly, you know, at a, at a good salary for the run of the time they're here with us. They're coming from Starbucks then, you know. Pretty much. But hey, that's cool. Pretty I mean, that's what, that's what every artist does. I've got know? a guy working for Banner Republic that comes here at night now for his show that he's doing. Uh, you know, it's all that kind of thing. Actors in this town, you work a day job and then you come here at night. Now, a lot of folks do have, you know, professional jobs. I mean, I've got lawyers on my stage and all that kind of stuff as well. but. Um, but primarily, yeah, there are the guys and gals that are working here are, you know, working at Starbucks in the daytime or a clothing store or a glasses shop or whatever the case may be. And then they come to rehearsal and put on a show every weekend. Yeah. But they spend, you know, they're here every night, you know, 630 to 11 o'clock, five days, six days a week. And then four it's shows. It's easier when it's, you're doing something you love, you know what I mean? Not only when you love, but also when you're young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cast up here we have right now. I a lot younger than the crowd. Nobody over 40. So, yeah. you know, they're singing and dancing their way into their hearts. 
Uh, do you have any success stories of, of any of the actors getting picked up uh, onto bigger things because of this? Actually, the well, not because of this necessarily, but a choreographer that on this show right now who has worked here before um, has since been on Broadway and is now on. He was just on tour with Something Rotten that came through to the Fox, um, and he's a Broadway choreographer and dancer and actor, and he's now doing choreography. Came back to his own stomping grounds because he he went to uh, he went to Gainesville. So. Yeah. Yeah, he oh, worked up at Gainesville, great. so that's where he got his start. And uh, but he has performed on the stage before, and a lot of people have come here and gone on to bigger and better. You know, a lot of folks you'll see on all the local TV shows that are being done in this area now, and the movies that are being filmed. A lot of the faces are familiar to folks that were on stage here. Yeah, things yeah. have changed oh, over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Netflix just signed a five-year deal with uh, Third Rail Studios. Every single space in there for five years. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. amazing. We well, you got do. also you got, you got Tyler Perry here. You got you know things like uh, uh, the AMC. Uh, uh, what's that show called? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Turn was filmed in this area. There's a bunch of stuff that's being filmed in this area on a, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait has a new show that's on Netflix right now, or on Hulu right now. That was all. It's all being filmed here. And like, there's three or four actors I, I know heard that, that right name now. in a while. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> that weird voice. But, uh, he's got. By the way, I clap every time I see the Georgia logo and uh, at the end of the. Well, it's usually I'm at the end of sitting next to you in the movie. Yeah. Georgia Film Commission, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, Absolutely. it's usually at the end of a Marvel movie because they, they get me to sit through all the credits, but when it rolls. Yeah. Up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, all the Avengers movies were just filmed here too. Exactly right. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, it's a big place, and a lot of actors that are stage actors are now getting breaks to do, you know, roles, bit roles, whatever the case may be. But they're working on those sets and meeting those people. They so. need people. Yeah. Exactly right. That's how it all works out. This business is a whole bunch of networking, and opportunity, and luck. Yeah. You know, as far as that stuff is concerned. But the right uh, person here seeing you and exactly right bringing you on. Exactly right. Yeah, networking plus luck. Because every job's a little bit of networking, but this is... For this especially, because yeah. you're basing it on a talent that's a specific niche kind yeah. of talent. It's not like you went to school. I mean, you go to school for this kind of stuff, but it's not like you are. You started to be an accountant and can get a job in a you know, CPA firm someplace. You're taking the luck of the draw, because this is a, not a, an ongoing thing. It's not a regular gig. You work from gig to gig to gig to gig, you know? Like three of the cast members that are in this show were already signed up for a show. When this one closes, they go into rehearsal for their next one. Yeah. Is that here or there, no? No, it's not here. Though. Okay. Yeah, we haven't even started our next season yet, so to be a good accountant, that that's kind of black or white, you know. Like you could have somebody sitting here in the crowd looking at the stage, thinking completely different than exactly. the person next to them. Exactly. Too, you know? right. Talent's all different for different people. So uh, we talked about this, but there's a subscription. So you do. Yeah, yeah. We have a season subscriber base. Um, when I first took over the theater back in 2004. There were a little over 200 subscribers. We now have close to 1,200. Oh, that's amazing. So I've done, we've done some building in the last 10 years as far as that's concerned. Um, and we primarily sell sold out houses every night. We're in you know, complete capacity for the most time, for the most part, for our complete runs of our shows. And you get six shows a year? You have that? a five-show pass or oh, a six-show pass. Okay. Yeah, so you have a choice. If you take the five-show pass, you just choose the five you want to come to. The six, you're just sort of guaranteed a seat for all six shows. Um, and we have a flexible subscription package where you can actually take it upon yourself to make the reservations on a show-by-show -show basis when it's convenient for you to attend, or you can lock them all in from the top of the year. It's up to you. Where can people find you online, I guess? They're online. We're in the local crier paper, of course. We're advertised there. Uh, there's a number of uh, Atlanta theater websites that are very popular now these days, too. Mm -hmm. um, it's not difficult to find, you know, between Instagram and all that other kind of stuff that's going on. It's a very... We have an Instagram account, we're a Facebook account, we have a Twitter account, all that kind of stuff, in addition to the usual suspect stuff. Is that all you too? Pardon me? Do you have a staff? Is that uh, all I'm you? I'm the only full-time staff member, but I do have part-time marketing directors uh, who both work in the social media aspect and things like uh, print and newsletter and brochure, postcard. So I have an all-part-time graphic designer that does all that stuff for me as well. 
we have a part-time webmaster. Well, he's a full-time webmaster, and uh, uh, he's also our photographer and things like that. So, see, I've seen the Smoky Joes, and I wasn't looking for Smoky Joes. There you go. So they're yeah. doing something right. So, tell us about uh, what's going on now with Smoky Joes. Smoky Joes Cafe. It's the uh, rock and roll party of the summer. It's um, it's a rock and roll review show based on uh, the songs of Lieber and Staller, uh, who were popular in the '50s and '60s. Uh, songs like "Stand by Me," "Hound Dog," "Jailhouse Rock." That's their songbook. Uh, this review was on Broadway back in the 90s. It was Tony nominated, one of the longest running reviews on Broadway at the time. Um, it's a really popular show because the music's very popular, but it's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun rock and roll concert. Do you get to pick these? The, the shows, shows themselves? Where, yeah. I, yeah, I pick everything that gets performed here. So. Yeah. This is one I've always wanted to do. I actually, one of my very dear friends was one of the original cast members. Yeah. So he actually was actually considering coming down and directing and choreographing the show for me. Yeah. Did yeah. you get a discount? But I, no such luck. <laughs> no such luck. He has nothing to do with it now. Um, but he had actually made his career after he left that show going around the world staging companies of Smokey Joe's Cafe. Well, oh, wow. that's, yeah. So how do you, who do you go to to basically, I guess, buy the rights to, to perform it here? Every piece of uh, theater that gets performed in any professional theater goes through a licensing organization. There are a number of different ones that hold different properties. Uh, this one is actually under the auspices of the Rodgers and Hammerstein organization who South Pacific Oklahoma right. their whole catalog of shows plus they have things like Smokey Joe's as part of their licensing uh, we apply for the license if they're available to us they charge us you know basically a per performance rate plus the rental of things like the music books and all that kind of thing so the royalties on a musical can cost you you know five six thousand dollars just before you even open the doors or cast the show I'm sure I was yeah, just so. about to ask that I'm yeah. glad you said it well because if you do a straight play like a Neil Simon play it's gonna cost you hundred and twenty dollars a performance you're gonna pay three thousand dollars you know for the entire thing for the entire run kind of deal but for something like this you're also paying for the not just the licensing of the show itself but there's copyrights on the music and things like that so you're also playing paying for the actual estates of the authors if you will yeah um, and musicals always is far more expensive because there's all the other licensing with ASCAP, which is the, uh, those five letters stand for something. Yeah. 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 An acronym <laughs> for I've something. I've heard it. It's an acronym for <laughs> things that people go to because they own the stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're putting out, you know, five, six grand even before you hire anybody for a show like this, you know. So, but it's, uh, it's I mean, we do one musical a year um, and five straight plays a year so. Comedy, primarily comedies, but we always throw in one drama of some sort. Uh, I like to do a classic every year of some sort. Something, of, I don't want to say a chestnut, but that's a, a, a very favorable term for that kind of piece. Um, like this year, we did Picnic, which is an, an old Pulitzer Prize winning play by William Inge. That was a very popular film back in the 50s as well. So, so is this a complete different cast than the Absolutely. Every show will have a different show cast. Before? Every show has nobody, a different cast. Nobody carries over? I, you don't have any favorites that you pick? What about that guy right there? What about that? <laughs> He's the sound designer. He's here for every show. <laughs> so, sound effects or music, whatever the case we need around here. You know, we have an in-house design team. Our scenic designer, our sound designer, props, costumes, lighting. Those five, six people are always the same on every show. We have a core staff of design. That makes sense. He's yeah. probably laughing at our microphones right now. <laughs> no, I think they're cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it looks but, like a Star Wars prop, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but primarily every director or choreographer that comes through the door is, is different on every show. Uh, and then every cast across the board, every actor is different for every show. Uh, you rarely, I try to make it a point that nobody gets to two shows in one year. Yeah. So just, Except you, of course. Right? Well, I don't do anything. I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I got stuck in one this year for some reason. But 
Um, I have uh, pretty much given up my performing career. Okay. I pretty much just go up producing and directing right now. So I'm sure this is a lot to do. It's 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 difficult wearing two or three hats at a time sometimes. So to, to be an actor plus be the producer can get a little hairy at times. So yeah. I do you tend ever, to stay do, away from it. So, sorry, do you ever throw things? Do you ever get... Throw things? Yeah. Do I don't ever throw things? No. See? This this table isn't just meant for flipping over angrily. No, I take all that home. <laughs> no, I too I, bad, darn. I, I I would like to think that I treat everybody with the uh, the respect and the decorum that they deserve, and we get our job done because of it. So. Oh well, I want to hear this, this oh, shady other side. Of course, he had the other stories he heard that he's not telling me. So you know, <laughs> yeah, that's what he was looking up online. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. I'm already out of notes. That's, that's all the crib notes I've got on you. YouTube videos if you just go on ballistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's well, well. No, I don't think you'll find anything there. I've got. I think I've gotten all those uh, pulled off. Um, there you go. Yeah. No, but as you were saying, you're talking about the other people that you had met, you had mentioned. It's been interesting because you know, I came here as a nobody to this city, and I do now. I mean, the mayor and his wife are subscribers to the theater. Yeah. Um, we're throwing a, a, a one night uh, event for the council members to come and see Smokey Joe's for oh, nice. one of the shows. So um, it's been interesting for me to get ingratiated because we do do a lot of partnerships with a lot of the community businesses and organizations. We did a, uh, a co-production of uh, Legends and Lore, which was story stories about Dunwoody that we did at the Nature Center one night I in October. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So we're trying to also partner with the other organizations in town whenever possible. So I'm, I'm out there, you know, you go to the council meetings, you go to those breakfasts at 8 o'clock in the morning, you yeah. do all that kind of stuff, and you, you know. Well, it's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, it's connecting kinda... the pieces together. Yeah. and you know. Well, and that's the one thing that they're trying, they're making a conscious effort recently is to sort of get a cohesive programming you know, plan around all the non-for-profits the theater, well, the nature center, the Sproul Center, all that kind of stuff. And know. we sat down with uh, Brent Walker a few weeks oh, ago, there you go. and uh, it was really interesting. I, I didn't realize. So you pretty much have complete control over this. It, it seems space, like yeah. the director of you know well, Parks and Rec would be in charge of everything, but he says he pretty much no. all of these nonprofits he just leaves alone. They and all run those. They're they're the umbrella over the whole blanket kind of situation, and we go to sure them for facility improvement. But all the nonprofits pretty much run themselves with. Uh, you know, myself being the artistic director of this theater, but there's also every theater or every organization has a board of directors mm -hmm. and that kind of thing as well. So there's always a governing board that's involved with all the non-for-profits as they're set up. Yeah. But Alan's the face of the Nature Center. Bob Kinsey is the face of Sproul. I'm the face of Stage Door. You, you know. need you to get me, introduce me to him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Bob. Um, but yeah, I guess you've met uh, Jim and Melanie Williams from the Preservation Trust yet? No. Or the, you know, see, Noting uh, so. it now. Yep. There you go. I mean, all these organizations are starting to really cohesively work together and self and you know co-promote and that kind of thing. And this uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, the CVB, has been very good about that. Yeah, we, we did talk to Katie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Katie and Kim are both dynamite. They're just dynamite gals. They're really doing a hell of a job promoting what we're all doing here, which is great. Yeah. Because I think you know, most of us, uh, I think all of us now at this point, are not just attracting Dunwoody residents. We're attracting residents from outside of the, of the city itself. Right. You know, my subscriber audience is pretty much 50-50 these days. You know, yeah. It's just not Dunwoody. It's also outside of the area. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's not the way it was when, in the beginning. It was primarily a theater for Dunwoody and Dunwoody proper. Yeah. But it has grown I into... You know, we, we were involved with all the other Atlanta theaters as far as the professional theaters. There's a, a, a thing called the Susie Bass Awards, which is sort of the Atlanta version of the Tony Awards, where the professional theaters are all judged and compete for awards at the end of the year. You know, the Alliance and the Aurora, the Georgia Ensemble, myself, were all involved in this one organization. 
So Who's the best? Pardon me? Who do you try to keep up with? Who's the best? I, I, it's not even a case of that any longer because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. So it's kind of really an eclectic bunch of theaters that are happening that are involved these days. Yeah. Everybody's sort of got their own kind of niche, you know, and their own uh, demographic and their own marketing place. It's really kind of uh, it's really kind of clever is the way things worked out that way. I read somewhere that you said that your demographic has gotten younger and younger too. Absolutely. That when Absolutely. you came, it was a. Yeah. I won't say what you said. I think it was like 65-year-old. Well, I mean, well that, was, that, was the, that was the core audience. Yeah. The core audience here was the, the retired folks that lived in Dunwoody. Yeah. You know, that's what they targeted for. That was the women's club. I mean, that was, you know, that was the neighbor, or excuse me, the uh, Dunwoody Newcomers Club. It was people like that. And at that time, when they first started, the, the age skewed up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a place for people who came, who came to live here. It was primarily more of a retirement thing. There was families being raised here and that kind of thing. But as they've stayed... By the time I'm getting here, you know, the median age for this theater was 65 years old. Yeah. You know, um, which is great. But over the years, because the difference in the programming, I think also the energy that's been brought into the programming, the, the quality of, uh, of the performances and the quality of the production values and things like that have attracted theater audiences from outside the city or outside of Dunwoody that are in a younger area. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great. You got to keep it moving. So that's part one of Robert Agizio and Stage Door Players. I think I said his name right that time. Uh, if you need real estate help, advice, you know, somebody to hold your hand through the whole process, that's when you call your boy, 404-502-8683. And if you're still writing checks for your pool dues, um, you don't need to be doing that. Tell your board to call Justin, go to pooldues.com, and he'll simplify everything. And if you're paying for your kid's preschool with a check, tell your kid's preschool to get with the times and start accepting automatic payments. Start, you know, you don't need to be writing checks. There's a million other ways to deal with it. And Justin knows just the way, so uh, check out schooldues.com. That's schooldues.com. 